Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into true crime cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge. If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of true crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, Nell. We are doing a reboot. Oh my God, Crime Curious rebooted? Yes. This is fantastic. Do you remember the show on like um, like pop-up videos and all of the good <gasps> yes. information would come up on the things that already existed? Yes. I feel like we're doing that. That's what we're doing. And insert, like insert a little bubble pop-up here yeah. of... If you have listened from episode one until now, this is a reboot of episode 152. Okay. Um, So if people are just going through binging us, they're like, oh, hey, what happened to Amber? Well, um, Amber had to depart from the podcast. Megan is our new co-host. You're going to love her if you haven't listened to an episode with her. If you've been with us for a while, then yeah. you're way beyond episode 152. Mm. We're like nine months in with me. The we baby's are. about to be born. Yes. Slap me on the ass. It's a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. Beautiful, <laughs> bouncing girl. We love her. Yeah. So just so you guys know, I decided to go back through in the solo episodes that I originally did at the time that Amber departed. Um, I just felt lacked what Crime Curious is all about. We, you know, we, it takes two co-hosts to make, to keep the ambiance of what Crime Curious in is. In terms of what you've accomplished, yeah. I've heard some solo podcasters. It's not for me. Right. I've listened to a couple. Yep. It's not for me. Yep. I like the the banter and the spin-off. And let's just be honest, we're a lovely couple. We are a, a, a lovely we're couple. We're a lovely couple. Yes. We balance each other well. We do. There's and really no one to bring us down, though. No. Nope. You know, once we reach a certain level, we are gone like squirrels. A little bit. And our we friends, do get too. A, I the know. ones that we bring on for brain baths and stuff, just so all of you general listeners know, there's no... No one grounds us. No one grounds us. That's so true. We, I am evaluating our friendships at this point in time. I don't we, think you should. I, no, no. We definitely keep people around us that keep us on a high vibration. Yeah. That's we talked about sure. auras earlier and it all is. I keep thinking is everybody around me makes me feel like I'm just emanating white light. <laughs> yes. That's good. Right? That is, that's good. That's what you're supposed to do. So if you aren't new here, this is a reboot of a, of Effie But Williams. don't stop listening because you're going to love it. You will because the last time you heard this case, it was just me by myself and I, I just don't want to do that. I wanted those, those solo episodes I would rather redo so that the entire podcast is consistent with what I set out to make it in which was a two co-host podcast where we can banter and work off from one another. So I hope you guys enjoy this reboot. Let's shake our girl. Oh yeah. Good God. We can't forget that. Talking about aura. I have the bones. Mm -hmm. I've got the crystal penises in the kangaroo sack. I don't even know at what point, what episode we introduced that. The first episode I was on is the very first episode that we had the Rue sack. (laughs) Well, oh, no, you had the sack, but you didn't have the crystals. Yes, Mm -hmm. it was the first one you had the crystals was Mm -hmm. the first one I was on. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? Indeed. Indeed. And it snowballed. It and sure I drank did. the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now look at, at our studio. I have crystals we've, all over the place. We have Gris Gris everywhere. We have Mardi Gras beads. We, we have voodoo dolls. We have, yeah. That. So just the so you know what we're about. How the podcast has evolved has been fantastic, right? So Effie. Yes. Let's, Williams. Let's get back to Effie. Effie Rachel Williams, uh, maiden named Ratley. She was born October 20th, 1977. Um, Effie met her future husband, Michael Ratley. Um, I'm sorry. Did I say that, uh, Ratley was her maiden name? Yeah. Back up. No, that's her married name. I put it in. Williams is her maiden. Effie Williams Ratley. Yes. That's her maiden name. Um, they really did have a meet cute. They met when Michael, uh, pulled over to help Effie with a flat tire that she had. What year is this? Um, let's see. Are she was like born in, in 77. Oh, okay. No. So, so no, this is in like the 90s then. Probably. Yep. Okay. Um, they, 
So flat I never tire. met a hot guy on the side of the road when I was having car problems in the Astro van I was driving in the 90s. Never once has no. it happened for me either. Nope. No, nope. I got the scary truck driver with the beer belly going, hop on in the car. <laughs> let Come me, on up here, little lady. Let me give you a ride to the gas yeah. station. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. Shout out to all of our truck drivers. They work damn hard. Oh my God, especially them. our Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out Chris. Yes, our Patreon. We were just picking. Um, okay, so after that fateful day where Michael helped her with her flat tire, they got married 18 months later, and it was not all Shrek and Fiona happily ever after up in there, of no. course, yeah, because they did get a divorce a short while later, but... Babies don't always fix everything. They don't. However, we're on a little bit of a roller coaster ride because they worked things out and they got remarried. Oh, I know several people who have done that. Yeah, I I do too, and I just am always a little skeptical. I know it's how they do round that. two, I'm not and then sure. you hear the bell from the UFC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lady in the scandalously clad outfit. With yeah, the, that's with probably her. why round one ended. To be honest with you, that's but let's point. start round two. Oh gosh! So after the sequel wedding, they had their son Aiden. Oh, okay. So the mm-hmm. baby wasn't born until after Not the until, second marriage. Yep, until the second time that they married each, each other. other. Mm-hmm. So Effie was described as a very loving, kind, and great mom. In December 2006, just a few weeks after they returned home from the hospital with their son, a fire happened in their trailer. Now, Michael was able to get himself and Aiden out unharmed, but Effie was trapped inside. Michael used a satellite dish to break the window so that Effie was able to climb out. And Michael was called a hero by the local media because he saved her. He was quoted saying, quote, I have lost everything physical, but I've still got my two most precious things, end quote. Lovely. As, very lovely. As you know, I think this is all very normal. I mean, a tragic circumstance, but thank goodness he was able to save her, right? Yeah. The investigators ruled the house fire as accidental due to faulty wires and a non-functioning smoke detector. Hey, PSA for everybody, check your smoke detectors. Yes. This is a reminder, a sign from your angels, check your smoke detectors. And carbon monoxide detectors. Yes, yes. So Michael, Effie, and Aiden um, had to live next door to to Michael's parents so that they... um, Moved in with them after the fire. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I said that completely wrong. Forgive me. I totally Michael's don't parents, though. Michael's parents lived next door and they had to move in with them next as, door. As they no burned. longer had a home to Correct. live in. Right. Correct. Well, then on, I'm going to take you to January 27th, 2007. Just a month after the house fire. Michael had fallen asleep out in the living room with their son. He said that he woke up to a noise coming from inside the bedroom where Effie was asleep. When he walked in, the windows were wide open and Effie was bleeding on the bed. So Michael calls 911, but he handed the phone over to his dad. Michael's dad told the dispatcher that it looked like Effie had fallen and that she was unresponsive. Like fallen in the bed? Right. Was she laying in bed? Where she was asleep? Yeah. Like she fell so, and hurt herself and then crawled back in bed, which could possibly? happen. Have you ever got up in the middle of the night, tripped, fallen over the dog and then been like, fuck it, I'm going back to bed. Yes. I can. That, I'm a, that could happen, it I suppose. It was a laundry basket that took me out. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Mine was a suitcase once. Oh. I broke ouch. my toe. Yes. I, I, I snagged mine real good. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So interesting opinion from Michael's dad. Looks like she yes, fell. That is the first. Exactly. Opinion. I like. I like how you worded that. Yep. All right. So Effie's rushed to the hospital. The doctors had told Effie's parents, who arrived at the hospital, that her injuries were life-ending. Fuck. Yeah. So she had a major head injury. Well, honey, Effie had been struck in the head seven times with a blunt object that left star-shaped impressions. Yeah, she didn't fall. She fell seven, seven times. times really hard on something star-shaped. Right. You got to watch out for them crib mobiles. Mm-hmm. What Dangerous. the hell, man? The impressions suggested that the object was also round. Okay. Round and star-shaped. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
On January 31st, Effie's parents had to make the difficult decision to take her off of life support. Okay. She was only 29 years old. Oh, my God. Those poor mom and dad. You don't want to bury your babies. No. So the police soon find inconsistencies. You think? Mm-hmm. Starting from the 911 tape. You'd think. That, that's, for me, I think, where the first inconsistency comes to play. Agreed. The window screen that, uh, the window screen had been cut, all right? From which side? And placed beneath the window. On the outside or the inside? On the outside. So here the window screen to her bedroom was cut and then placed beneath the window. It had been really cold on the night that she died or, you know, was attacked or fell. Seven times. Mm -hmm. Seven times. A layer of frost had actually covered the ground, but the police didn't find any fresh footprints to suggest that the intruder had come in through the window. Okay. Okay. Michael heard. So that could have been removed prior. Yes. To the frost. Yes. Okay. But there are no footprints. Right. Yep. And there yep. wouldn't be because if it frosted but, over. Yes. Snow and frost can do a lot of damage to evidence. We're aware mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. So Michael had reported an attack the night before Effie was attacked. He said that he had been outside in the barn and was struck in the head. Michael's dad called 911. He did? There is a 911 yes. call from earlier that night. Yep. Nothing had been stolen from the barn or from inside the Ratley's home. So we don't know what this attack was all about. Okay, why why that had happened on Michael, but then the next night, this happens to Effie. Effie's purse and wallet were in plain sight but hadn't been taken. And there was no head wound to Michael. So he got hit in the head with something, but there was no indication that there that was that had really happened. happened. So uh-huh. he came in and he told his dad because dad actually calls 911. Yeah. But there's no head so wound on him at all. He at this point is telling everybody that there's this random guy walking around with a hard star-shaped object hitting people in the head. Apparently attacking his house two nights in a row. And no indication that other neighbors or anybody no. else in the area had No. Okay. No. And they're throwing just, it all out they're there. They're just targeting Michael's family. Okay. Yes. The police also found it odd that a layer of dust in a basket of clothes in front of the window that was wide open Uh hadn't been disturbed, Megan. So no one crawled in the window? No. Also, the carpet was white. There's no footprints. There's no blood. There's no debris whatsoever. And the bed's bed's not like right under the window. It's someplace on a different wall because there's Mm -hmm. a laundry basket under it. Yep. There's a laundry basket. There's dust. There's white carpet. There's no footprints on the carpet at all. Um, This is January. Oh, yeah. You would attract something. You're going to attract some things in. Mm -hmm. So Michael's parents tell the police that they had been watching TV and they hadn't heard anything. Michael. Wait, so everybody was awake when this happened? Well. Michael was out sleeping in the living room Michael with the infant son. Michael was sleeping in the living room with Aiden. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Michael's parents were in their bedroom watching TV. Probably. Probably. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't. I didn't find that information that they were in their bedroom. So I am not sure. Well, they're indicating they were awake, though. Um, and Michael heard yeah. something in the bedroom. It doesn't say. Yep. It doesn't say that they... Um, you know, were, had fallen asleep watching TV, anything like that. So they'd been watching TV. They didn't hear anything. Michael's sister also lived down the street. And she said that she and her husband have eight hunting dogs that would have barked if an intruder had been seen. Okay, so she is kind of one of those things. Is this one of those family properties where there's a couple of trailers? It almost a, is like a, a commune, right? I mean, we that's kind of what I'm picturing. We have it. a few of them. Sure. So she's indicating if somebody was out stealthily, you know, making their way through the yard, my hunting dogs would have barked. Yeah, which I, I have Mine to do. agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. We have, I mean, you know, our area, we have a ton of hunting dogs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I... I can see why she would say, if there was an intruder, my dogs would have picked up that scent and would have alerted us. Yeah, as soon as a headlight starts coming down my very long driveway Mm -hmm. and it glows just a little bit into one of the windows, the dogs go crazy. Yeah, definitely. That's their job. It is their job. 
my husband always gets so mad when the girls bark. I'm like, uh, no, hello. They're either telling us there are evil spirits in here that they can see that we can't or (laughs) that, um, you know, there's somebody in here that shouldn't be like, I'm okay with them doing that as long as they stop on command. We also have a friendly, um, uh, like grandmother ghost that sometimes scares them. And so I just ask grandma to not scare them and they stop barking. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. We don't have anything evil in here. Good. So I'm, I, can I don't really that. even know that I believe in that, but, but definitely so, friendly grandma grow, ghost and but, she's a dog. But sister seems to be sure that yes. her dogs would have picked up on. She is sure there was not an intruder because well, God, does sister know that what she's really doing at this point is implicating, implicating someone husband, from in her, the house? Her, 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 possible, her parents, yes. her brother. No, I think she is answering the questions yeah. that the police asked her. I think so too. Her, honestly. honestly, I mm-hmm. agree. While the police were searching the home, they found a portable DVD player, lube, and porn in Michael's possession. Shocking. Okay, I'm not shocked. No. I, nor am I even going to be judgy None about of it. That even bothered me. Um, Michael's phone re- uh, phone records also showed that he had been in frequent contact with a 35 year old former high school teacher. Oh, um, of his. That was a male. Oh, okay. Okay. So what happens is the police come up with a possible theory that Michael was gay and wanted Effie out or of the Or wasn't, way. but was having a relationship with somebody. Right, right. I mean, or even bisexual. Correct. Right. Um, I'm just letting you know what the information's on. I know. Um, and, you know, so they're starting on this, this track of, okay, maybe he was... Um, attracted to this man that he was having this relationship with. He wanted Effie out of the way to start a new life, which before we throw shade at the police officers for coming up with that, the problem is that has happened numerous times. We've covered lots of cases where divorce was always an option and they they chose murder. They didn't think it was. Right. (laughs) You didn't choose here. They chose murder. So I can, you know, I can see how they're like, all right, all right, let's look at these clues. What if this is a possible hypothesis? So Effie's Effie's family told the police that they didn't believe uh, that it was the first time that Michael had attempted to kill her. Now, this is Effie's family. Did they think the fire was a murder attempt? Um, Well, yes. Because it was an accident per the fire marshal. And it was only a month before. Okay. Okay. But also, they told the police about a time when Michael had put mice in the console of Effie's car and called her to check if his medication was in the car. Effie opened the console and nearly died as she swerved on the road because of the mice in her console. It was a joke, wasn't it? He was just being a prankster, putting mice in his wife's glove box. So first of all, I wouldn't have ever been murdered because I would have divorced the person that did that to me. (laughs) Putting Um, mice in my glove box. That is, I, I... There's such a thing as a funny prank, and then there's that. And I'd be like, well, sign here. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't, I I just, I can't even imagine, like, how that conversation even starts. And do you think that perhaps he, I just wonder if he ever admitted to it? Like, that, oh, I put put the mice in there. I mean, her parents knew. Like I grew up on a farm. Mice can get into some weird places. They I mean, do. Anybody who has a camper or a boat knows you have to, you know, rodent proof. Um, yeah. Your stuff. My so, prior car to this, my Jeep, and I live out in the country and there's lots of cornfields around. Mm-hmm. And um, I got in one day and something scurried across my feet. You've never, you've never seen a curvy girl jump out of a car so fast <laughs> in your life. And I'm, I, there was a mouse in there. Yeah. Yeah. So. so it made me wonder like, all right, did he think that what bothered me most is the innocent rodent that was a victim in all of this as well. Oh, okay. Right. Like, think about that. Yeah. He had to have found it, put it in. Outside of its natural habitat. Yeah. Searching for garbage. Yes. My gosh. And this guy has a shitty mustache and it bothers me because he's trying to be Tom Selleck and he's not Tom Selleck. Oh, I've already so, told you before my opinion on mustaches. Right. You have to be Tom Selleck, Sam Elliott, or Ron Swanson. Agreed. That's it. I am with you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I will also argue, who is the guy? Ted Lasso. I like his mustache, too. Uh, all right. Fine. Okay. In, a, in a humorous kind of way. Yeah. It, of course. Not like a sexy way. But oh, no. Very charming. I mean, Tom Selleck, on the other yes. hand. Yeah. I'll say a few rosaries for that one. For sure. But it bought like this part, this this bothered me. I'm like, okay, you and your shitty mustache <laughs> take this poor, innocent rodent and scared the rodent, 
scared your wife. Like she nearly died in a field because, you know, she was swerving all over the road, whatever. And all right. So after the near death by field mouse story comes out, (laughs) the police start to believe that maybe the house fire wasn't an accident too. Like why? Uh This is all just too coincidental in their eyes. And I get that. They start to piece together that possibly Michael set the fire intentionally and the motive was likely, wait for it, the $150,000 life insurance policy that he had on her, which we might look at a life insurance policy with all of the cases we've covered. The, some have been in the millions, they right? Have. This doesn't seem, this seems like chump change compared to that. I don't think but it was not, chump change for not him. Not for him. No, exactly. I mean, I'll take 150 k Sure. I'm not going to kill somebody for it. No, but, but others will. Mm-hmm. And Uh so they had said that this was electrical, which to me means either they didn't fully investigate to see if there were other accelerants or they didn't see if there was some type of tampering that occurred with the electrical. Right. I mean, sometimes uh, things are overlooked, right? It's because if you have what appears to be an obvious accident and Uh there was something electrical that occurred, it's not going to be the first thing you think about is to to rule out that somebody was murdered. You're going to see electrical and say, ooh, Ooh, yeah, this was unsafe. Because that's so common. I mean, it really is very common. Unfortunately, the events that happened a week after caused you to go back because hindsight's 2020. Always. Yes, exactly. So now you might be thinking... who I actually wrote this in my notes who saves his wife from a fire if he just is going to bash her head and to kill her you know but Superman here's what my thought is I, I really got to thinking about this Megan what if his intention was never to save his wife from the fire and Effie was supposed to die in the fire however because his parents live right next door his sister lives across the street they responded very quickly so then there would have been witnesses to the fact that he didn't try to save her. So then all of a sudden he's, oh shit, I've got to take this satellite dish, get into the bedroom and save her. Okay. My theory. Possible. Didn't find that anywhere, but I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there because, you know, he wanted it to look like a, a, an electrical fire, obviously took some situations to, or took some details to make sure of that, right? Right. But didn't count on the fact that his family would respond so quickly. That's interesting. And then there's witnesses to say, yeah, he didn't. And at that point in time, any then then the police would look for other motives. Maybe it wouldn't have been chalked up to an electrical fire, and the policy will not be paid out at that point in time. Okay, right? sure. That's a that's a great theory. I I also like the 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 superhero theory, like. People mm-hmm. used to f- like to start fires and then save people from them. They I do. mean, it's a, have you seen backdraft? Well, <laughs> and let's think of this from another perspective. Something else that I thought of. What if he did set up the fire intentionally to save her so that then a month later when he fakes the intruder thing and she passes away, he literally can say, I just saved her a month ago. Somebody, if I was trying to yeah. kill her, why would I have <clears throat> saved her? Yeah, if he was if he was smart, he would he would have himself said, "I think somebody started that fire. I think they were trying to kill my wife, and now they succeeded a mm-hmm, week later. Mm-hmm. And I tried to save her the first time. Later, a month, month later, yep. and I tried to save her the, mm-hmm. the first time. So obviously, right. I didn't do it. Right? Oh, we've got all kinds of fun alibi mm-hmm. theories. Yes. So the po- the police continue to search the house for any evidence that Michael was the killer. Now his bathrobe was tested; no traces of blood on it. Then the police search Michael's truck, and suddenly their job gets a whole lot easier. Oh. Inside a hidden compartment, a compartment, words are hard. Compartment. A compartment. What happens when we fake accents too much? I'm Dracula. (laughs) So, inside a hidden compartment, under, I still can't say it. Compartment? Freaking, you know what I'm saying. There's a spot hidden in his truck, people. Container. Yeah. Yeah. And they found, so it's, underneath the back seat of his truck all right so it's deep in the depths of oh, this truck okay underneath the back seat there is a hidden hidden area so i think in like an extended cab or whatever the, that's a spot when you flip the seats up that you might be able to store like um jumper cables yeah, and things jack, like that down there yep, yeah stuff like that yep all right so they found in that little space a hammer <gasps> box cutters a piece of burnt electrical wire oh, and several pairs of gloves. Michael, Michael, um, you're not a smart man. 
The burnt electrical wire Who was keeps compared. them a month? Well. Michael. That's just it. Michael. Get Sh- rid of your shit, Mr. Michael. Mr. Shitty Mustache. That's who keeps it for a month. Okay. The burnt electrical wire was compared to the wire found in the Ratley's trailer, and it was a match. Effie's blood was on the hammer. Star-shaped, though? Mm-hmm. The okay. hammer was compared to her head wounds, which were consistent with it being used as the murder weapon. Um, there was also Effie's blood found on paper towels and gloves that were in that area. I think... I have so many questions. Well, I think that I can help you a little bit. I don't think that he was counting on the police finding his hidden compartment so quickly. Okay. He had all that in there to get rid of it. Okay. But they found they did their damn job and right. found it immediately. But the electrical wire? That's from a month earlier. All right. Maybe he enjoys. I just was going to say, is he keeping souvenirs? Keeping mementos. That's what I thought. How in the hell would his parents not hear a person being bludgeoned in the head with a hammer seven times? It might have been a loud TV show. Like maybe it was Die Hard. Okay. Some sort of the Terminator. Okay. Um, These are all great thoughts. Thank you. Possibly they're hard of hearing as well. Now that I can get behind. Older. That I can get behind. Um, Pa, put your hearing aids in. Maybe sometimes they do hear the headboard banging out of their son's, you know, room. So they don't ask questions. Okay. These are just things I'm spitballing here, but great. So here's the other thing. Michael's DNA was found inside the latex gloves that, that he had put on underneath a pair of the work gloves. Yeah. It's a weird thing about gloves. Part of them touch your skin. (laughs) They do. You have to get rid of them afterwards. Well, but he was wearing latex gloves inside the work gloves. So he was trying not to have his DNA in the gloves. Good job. But there's still but another in glove. The latex gloves. Your logic has to work on both sets that you're wearing, honey. Right, right. So it takes them nine months, but they do charge him with murder. I know. Okay. okay. You might be like, what the fuck's with the delay? I don't because I know how it works. That's but you're true. gonna are you gonna tell me what the delay was well, for? Yeah, because there was also an unknown male match of DNA on the screen that was cut from the bedroom window. However, that unknown DNA literally could have been from the person who put the screen into the window to begin with. Oh, yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Other people touch screens, yes. windows. All of those things, somebody had to have framed that screen. Right. Somebody would have had to have installed it, you know, um, all of those things. And so that is what delayed the process of do we have another person as well? Do we need to look at an ulterior hypothesis And whoever's latent print was found there, it wasn't like they were in the system. They were So nothing came up. So this is any type of person who has a formal um, criminal history, at least not one that required prints. Right. Think about handymen that go around to houses and do jobs. Like, could you imagine just, uh, they're leaving their DNA. Like, yeah, (laughs) I go into people's homes for my job. And you're leaving yours as well. I do. Correct. And with the way I shed my hair, I'm in at a crime scene at any given time. Oh, mine travels on other people in my home. <sighs> into their, um, there's my, at the school, the mm-hmm. sheriff's department. <laughs> just, it's all over. Just yesterday, Matt uh, unraveled some literally from the crotch of his sweatpants and said, boy, I wish that that had gotten there how it looks like it had. <laughs> it was really you just the washer. You wish my hair got caught in your <laughs> zipper? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. Right. Nope. That's just rude and nope, painful. It, it was there... Because of the washing machine. Of course it you was. Know, I have the same thing. In fact, I could probably start pulling like wads of hair out of the sweatshirt mm-hmm. right now. Definitely. So, yes. so the prosecution sets up their case under the belief that Michael had been planning on killing Effie for quite a while. And and I agree with this. Yeah. Um, he obviously had made several attempts already. And he finally went through with it on January 27th. And that is how the prosecution lays it out. You know, all the information that I gave you, the innocent little rodent that he, he put in her car, the, um, the fire. Did they get insurance money from the fire? Uh, yes, I would imagine. And it was ruled, you know, at the time an accident. Right. 
And she was worth 150K. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if it would have happened the first time, he would have had insurance money from the fire to rebuild plus 150,000 on his wife's insurance. Right. Which he didn't get to collect because he was a suspect all along. Right. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't in the first one. Mm -mm. He was not in, in the trailer fire. So, uh, Michael testified in his own trial. Always, always an interesting theory for the defense. Sometimes it works for him. And I think as a defense attorney, I would weigh very carefully how likable and how well-spoken my defendant is before I ever put them on the stand. Well, you're going to like this. Oh, I, it, would I have not put him on the stand? Um, oh no, maybe I think as a defense attorney, what he's going to say, what would I, you are never supposed to put your witness on the stand unless you know what they're going to say. I think you would have given him this information to say. Oh, okay. Because he told the jurors that the night that his wife was killed, Megan, he was sleeping in the living room with their newborn infant son because this was their custom on the weekends because he needed to allow Effie to get her rest. Husband of the year. Yes. He's a hero. Dad of the year. Yeah. Isn't that so sweet? I think it's something that would appeal to jurors. Yeah. So sometime early in the morning, he said that he was awakened by a loud noise. He found a shelf that had um, fallen in the bathroom. All right. When he went investigating and he was like, oh, that must have been what the noise was. Weird. But when he peeked in on his wife, he saw her covered in blood and unconscious. With a window open. Her room was cold, he said. And so he began screaming for his parents. He said, um, and his father, Steve Ratley, got on the witness stand as well. He said it was total panic. He said he was crying and screaming and praying to God. All right. That's what his father, and and I mean, I think that is his father's truth. I think that's probably exactly what he saw. Yeah. So Steve and Cindy Ratley said that their son was sto- was so hysterical that they had to make him leave the room so that they could talk to the rescue workers, the EMTs. They sent him to get his sister, who is a nurse, from her nearby home, from next door. So then, you know, as I told you, at, at, uh, Effie passed away four days later in the hospital. Oh, shit. No, I didn't know that. So she did not die immediately she was not dead well remember um her parents made the decision to take her off of life support oh duh i knew that see i'm I'm lost there's nothing in this iced tea even i promise (laughs) okay but four days it took four days four days yeah she was i mean she was brain dead yeah yeah going to the hospital he someone had hit her so violently with the hammer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when it was possibly the person whose vehicle was found in Possibly, yes. Just, I'm, I'm throwing that out there so you all have, you, you be the judge. You be the judge. <laughs> when it was the prosecution's turn to cross-examine, um, Michael was peppered with questions about the evidence that police found in his truck, including the gloves with his DNA on them, prescriptions that were stolen from a hospital, wire cutters, paper towels with blood, and what's being called the murder weapon, a hammer. So he claims he has no idea how they got in there. Set up. Someone put those in my truck. And that is where the defense goes. But my friend, if you, your DNA was on the inside of those gloves, then you don't wear latex gloves for your job or anything like that. How, you never put those gloves on, but your DNA was in there? It's weird. So the defense wanted it's a the hell of a transfer that happened. Sure, woof, sure is telekinesis. That's what that was. Yeah. Also, it's really weird that whoever committed the arson on your home that you didn't even know was an arson <laughs> had a wire that ended up in your truck. In your truck with mm-hmm. the same stuff. Super weird. If someone set him up, it is. They did a hell of a good job, by they the did. way. They did digging through garbage somewhere to find gloves that he might have worn sometime. And the thing is, I don't even think that he's saying. I think he is still claiming that the fire was, you know, the random electrical accident. Well, sure. Well, but then why is there a wires wire. in your truck? Yeah. You know what I mean? So. The defense wanted the jury to question why a man who had 
just saved his wife a month earlier, would then go on and kill her and leave the evidence in his own truck. 150,000 reasons why. Oh my God, dude, that's my next sentence I wrote. I mean, there is 150,000 reasons why he might want to kill her as far as the me? evidence in his own truck. I'm not even kidding you. That's exactly what it we says. We are so in sync right now. It's <laughs> like are. I can actually feel your skin tingle. I know. Yeah. I like it. I, I like it when we mold into one another. We are one brain. <sighs> so... How many times have we seen overly confident killers make similar mistakes? All Seriously, the all the freaking time. I like how you just rose, you raised all your the hand. Time. As a judge, all the time. No, it was more like I'm in class. Pick me, I know <laughs> right. the answer. I know the answer. Not to mention, he didn't exactly have time to get rid of everything without leaving the house, which would have possibly made enough of a stir in the trailer for his parents to take notice and not only tell the police that he left in the middle of the night, but what if they checked the room and, you know, for them and Effie was already battered? He wouldn't have been able to be the one to find her. So to me, hiding it in a secret compartment in his truck makes perfect sense. Think about it. He's got to get rid of the evidence before he hysterically wakes up. He's got to put it somewhere, but he can't start his truck. He can't get rid of it. I try right? not to think about ways to execute the perfect but you're about to tell me how but my thought is why didn't he whack himself hard enough with this hammer that and lay on the couch that he would have let his parents find her and him even well remember the whacking of the head happened the night before this was that was the night before her murder where he supposedly was no 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 i mean after he went and bludgeoned her oh why didn't he go back out to the living room and whack his own self in the head legitimately or someplace to cause injury Maybe because he was worried about who would take care of Aiden. Well, in the, I, I in think the meantime. it would be very hard to kill yourself with a hammer. You're Definitely. only going to hit yourself hard enough to maybe Once. cause a mark one time. <laughs> right, right. And then what? And then he could start screaming. Go open the door first so it's wide open. Hit yeah, yourself then, once with a hammer and start screaming, uh, help. No, you're complicating it. because uh, Of then, course I am. Then he would have to tell them what the intruder looked like, what they were how, possibly wearing. How would he know? Wearing. It was dark and he got hit in the head with a hammer, Charnel. They're going to ask, but he's, they're going to ask him those questions. His eyes went right to the baby. He was trying to, to protect the baby. He's going to have to come up with answers. <laughs> this was just easier to say. I just. I heard a loud noise. I went in. So I saw nothing. The bathroom Don't know shelf. nothing. We know that the person didn't gain access through the way window no. that was totally fake and then somehow they ended up what i can only assume is an enclosed bathroom yeah i mean it's a trailer yeah so yeah the the whole shelf thing bothers me too well I think, there's no I rhyme think or reason that to it he possibly it is it okay my theory is that he did this naked and so then he probably had to shower. What if he accidentally knocked the bathroom shelf off and then needed to come up with like, oh, I saw the bathroom shelf was had fallen. So that must have been the noise that I heard. And then I peeked in on my wife and then I saw her bludgeoned to death. Okay. I don't know. Or he's trying to say someone was in the trailer. They knocked the shelf off, but there's no footprints. There's no, no, no one was with in white trailer. carpet. Yeah. Yeah. I actually shouldn't be, I mean. How, well, there was white carpet in the bath, there bedroom, was, There I was, say. there was. So, but anyway, so the, you know, the defense saying, why would this man save his wife, his wife's life? Say that five times fast. Save his wife's life. And then um, hide the, you know, and then kill her and hide the evidence in his truck. My point to that was, I don't think that he, he knew he couldn't be caught leaving in the middle of the night to right. get rid of the evidence because if his sister if his parents who were going to be questioned mentioned that then he is uh, you know immediately going to be a suspect I mean he was anyway but still right. right so I think that that's why he put it in there he hadn't had time to actually dispose of it before they found it um so the prosecution comes back with that they believe Michael had made up the intruder story you think he didn't even have a goose egg on his noggin. Right. Okay. To convince people in the small town of Bryceville, Florida. That's where this all took place. It's a Florida man case. It is. <laughs> Florida man with a bad mustache. That an intruder was on the loose, right? Okay. So the Even though the only people in the entire town to report that there's been some suspicious activity is the Ratley. Yes. Residents. Exactly. The prosecutors told the jury that Michael... Um, Michael had killed Effie in the nude, cleaned up with the paper towels, put on his bathrobe, and put the items in his secret compartment and called 911. 
I I can get behind this. We've I seen can, people but kill it sounds surprisingly naked. like the Pam Hupp case where they tried to plim- it, uh, pin it on Faria and said the same thing. The I prosecutor know. speculated he was, he was naked, naked and then he went and put his slippers on and happened to walk through some blood. And Right. Right. I, like, I know. It, it could go either way there. You have to be, as a prosecutor, really confident in what you're presenting to go that angle, in my opinion. Because I would want to know, was there evidence that there had been a shower taken? Were there water droplets? My water, my shower takes a bit to dry. Oh, so does mine, right? Um, you know, did and, and those would have been things that would have been you would have wanted presented to the jury well, to corroborate your theory. I don't think that this the, is all circumstantial evidence, and you is. can convict on it. I don't think that the shower that a shower was necessarily taken because they believe that he murdered her in the nude and cleaned up with the paper towels. Yeah. Because there's all those bloody paper towels that was Effie's blood found in the truck. All right. So what they didn't do then is um, run his hands or anything like that under any type of of infrared light or do any swapping. I don't have that information. To see if there was blood on it. And since you don't have the information, it didn't come out the trial stuff, I'm I'm speculating that it didn't occur. And that would have been something important to, to do. Definitely. Michael said he testified at the trial that he was surprised about the items found in his always unlocked truck and that someone was trying to frame him. I, I can I can get behind that in but terms what, of locking what, things. Okay. But what is somebody else's motive for killing Effie? Someone else isn't going to get the $150,000. Well, I think that's the if thing, If they Chanel, got away with it, what was their motive? Who anywhere has a motive? This man that he was seeing potentially? Okay. That's what I'm, this is why I'm legitimately asking you. Yeah. Who else has a motive it to want her gone? Somebody romantically involved with Michael or at okay. least with some type of a jelly, jealousy thing. So let's, let's go way down a rabbit hole. Say Michael was talking to this, however old he was, teacher who happened to be homosexual and Michael wasn't, but he was entertaining this guy and this guy decides he wants to take uh, Michael's wife out of the picture and then what? He can live happily ever after with uh, Aiden and Michael. Okay. okay. Until Michael is accused and then goes to prison for life. Well, now he can't. Right. Did There's, he not think of that through? Well, I don't think so. when, you, when you love someone, you'll do anything for to have them. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got to reevaluate my love for Matt then. I, I'm not sure. Oh, I don't think that either of you have going. to worry. It's the dogs. It's the mm-hmm. dogs at this point. Um, if that if if Charnel ends up dead, check her for bites because I think the dog's off her. Yep. yep so Matt ma- didn't do it at all. No, they are passionately in love with and their, they, their dad. They are. Though. Mm-hmm. The other answer to your question is I have not been given one other person who is even a possible suspect. I liked your theory there about that man. I mean, they did interview him, by the way. I'm the sure, other dude. You know, and and he has an alibi. But oh, okay, good. I mean, people do have alibis that aren't real, but I right. I don't know. I'm not sure what beaker was there coming out of me, but that was the best speaker impression ever. The Borg, the Borg, the Borg. I'll go Swedish chef with you if you want. <laughs> the reason I'm so good at it is because our friend Jason, I think, looks like beaker sometimes, and I used to do that impression to him. When I'm sure he when loved he'd that. When he say something that I didn't like, I would go. It's like saying gumbo yaya to your husband. I know. I'm so much fun to be friends with. You really are. Oh God. Okay. So, th- I mean, that's, that's where I kind of rested my case is okay. on, I don't well think done. anybody else had the motive. Anyway, in July, 2009, after four hours of deliberation, nine women, three men found Michael guilty of first degree murder. Shocking. Yep. In the death of Effie Ratley. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole and the death penalty was on the table, but it was not carried out. They huh. did not. They did not. Uh, Prosecutor didn't request it. No. Okay. Um, after the verdict, her family had this to say, quote, there is one door and I'm sure that there's going to be many, many doors that we're going to have to go through and then close behind us. Will it ease the pain of losing a child? No, especially in such a horrific manner. No, but it does give us validation, not only for, not only to her father and I, but her friends that loved her and adored her and have suffered a great loss along with her family. That was a quote from her step uh, stepmother, Joy Williams. Okay. So, And Sharn, I'm going to correct a statement I just made because I said, did the prosecutor not ask for it? 
first of all, they may have asked for it. It's up to the person sentencing it. It's yep. it's the judge. Now, in some states, the jury imposes the sentence, mm-hmm. um, but that is not, in my understanding, the case in Florida, and it's certainly not here in Michigan. The judge is the yep. one who gives the sentence. So they may have asked for the death penalty, and the judge said, nope, I'm doing life with no possibility of parole. Yep, and I just don't have that information. I didn't no, find that and, information. And I'm sure that you don't. It's probably, if it, then it doesn't exist. It's not out there for the public, but I just wanted to clarify a statement that I made just in case there's a prosecutor someone listening who's like like, i totally did do ask for the death penalty (laughs) right exactly got got it but we don't have that here in michigan so i don't have to worry about those things yes so yeah so that is the the revamped case with my my co-host my rebooted case of of effie williams ratley may you rest in peace and fly high with the angels and haunt his ass and this is just ratley is a rat Mm mm-hmm and not the sweet cuddly one that he, that he stuck in his in, wife's yes, car to try to and I don't, offer. I don't know what happened to it. I hope it made its escape to a cornfield. I, stop. I, exactly. Okay. I enjoy your love of all things great and small. But I just have a hard time having a lot of sympathy for mice. I They die in my house, Charnel. I have a cat. I know. I know. She leaves them as gifts for me. Um, this is the way nature intended, Megan, and I understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think nature intended there to be traps that kill them, but... They do it pretty quickly and humanely. I can guarantee you that nature is the cat killing the mouse. But if I was a mouse choosing my death, I would choose the trap over my cat. Agreed. Okay. Uh, yes, please. So there we the go. The bar down on my real quick tenders real fast. Snap yes. it. Call it good. Yep. Instead of being toyed with, clawed at, chewed at, then let go, released. Played with. Oh, Just gosh. to go. Yeah. yeah Cats are right. serial killers. You're right. Amen, sister. They are. If you take one thing away from this podcast, it's that cats are ser- serial killers. And if you have one, they are plotting your death. They just aren't large enough to affect it. <laughs> that's it. That's all you need to know. Oh, Sleep with one eye open. That's funny. And and very true. Would you like me to bathe you? Um, Like, do we want to go to the bathtub? Oh, I actually showered before we recorded. I did too. But, you know... That's rare for us usually. I know. We, we I dry had extra shampoo. time. I had extra time this morning. We usually so. dry shampoo and just meet each other at our. We do. However, we look on a Sunday morning. Give myself morning. some perfume so I don't offend. Right. I do not know when we when I originally recorded this episode um, back in August of 2022 what brain bath I used. So okay. I'm going to just give us a new one. Bathe. Here. Bathe away. All right. And oddly. It is about rodents, and is I did really? not plan this. This is odd. Rats yes. for Ratley. So Louisiana works out a deal for a family to keep a pet Nutria. Nutria. A Nutria? Yes. Well, I've never heard of these. They are a large swamp rodent. Think R-O-U-S's from the Princess Bride. Rodents of unusual yes. size. I saw them okay. when I was there. They are not lovely. Some people eat them. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah, no I my, my my friends in in Louisiana are like, yeah, there's some people that eat them. Eat them, yeah. of course. I mean, we people here eat raccoons. I know so. squirrels, mm-hmm. raccoons. Mm-hmm. That's true. I That's mean, true. I know some some real good friends that are hillbillies that eat possum and stuff like that. Yep. So I'm not judging. I'm no. I'm, I'm actually relating to this. I oh, think. I was I mean, actually I referring to relatives. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I call them hillbillies because they're right. They're literally yeah. were relating. Them. Correct. Oh, um, so this happened in Baton Rouge. Of course it did. Okay. After much public outcry, state officials now say that they will let a Louisiana couple keep a 22 pound natria. Mm-hmm. A beady-eyed, orange-toothed, rat-tailed rodent commonly considered a wetlands damaging pest. It is. As a pet that frolics with their dog, snuggles in their arms, and swims in the family pool. They're, they have bonded to this animal. And I, I see a picture. I have a picture okay, of its orange I'm showing you a picture eating, right It's now. actually eating a dog biscuit. I mean, they are they are like a muskrat. Or like yeah. a, a beaver. It does look like a be a cross between but when they a are, muskrat and a beaver have they a baby. Are big. Yeah. They are they are big. They can get really big. I mean twenty two pounds. Think I was gonna about say that. this one's twenty two pounds. I'm yes. looking anywhere for a cute picture of a nutria. Mm. 
that might be the closest one, maybe because they're babies. But oh, other than yeah. that, I can't find yeah. a cute picture. When God create, created ugly animals, I just don't think he did them any favors. I tried to find compassion, and I am I just don't have it. Hey, look, my phone listened to me, and it pulled up Baby Nutria. <laughs> That's really funny. That's fantastic. Winning oh, lotto see, numbers. Any, <laughs> Winning lotto numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything tiny like that is adorable. I mean, really, I mean, ba- baby versions of things are adorable. But yeah, it's unfortunate looking when it grows up to be an, an adult. So they had to keep it because it was a well, loving pet that they had trained. This is what's crazy. 17,000 people signed an online petition demanding that the state let Nudie. As Nudie the Nutria. Nudie the Nutria. Um, you know, let him live with his family that he's bonded to. And I guess it raised enough ruckus that they looked at the case specifically. And they, but they did give them parameters that they needed to keep this. Okay. Okay. Also, you can find Nudie on TikTok. Oh. Uh, he's all over social media, you know, because they were doing their campaign to let us keep Nudie. Yes. All right. So... Here are some of the stipulations that they're allowed to keep them. Okay, give it to me. They have to have regular veterinary checkups. They have to keep it caged when at the family's seafood business in order to keep the pet. No, no, don't take it to work. Please don't take the rat to work. Apparently they have been. And so now they're saying if if it's take nudie to work day, which is different where I'm from, (laughs) (laughs) then they have to keep it in a cage because apparently prior to they had not been can you imagine eating seafood and all of a sudden this pet rodent comes walking out of the kitchen i'd be like well i'm gonna go now no i don't need it to go box nope i'm leaving i have it's been swell but also i might be up on the table when i make that statement and do i need a rabies shot right thank you and also my vomit yeah so the Nutria were introduced to North America more than a century ago, and they are considered a nuisance, nuisance invasive species in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Their appetite for wetlands ve- vegetation and their burrowing into leaves hinder flood control. It does. Harm agriculture and contribute to coastal wetland loss. At various times, public officials have put bounties on them and encouraged hunting of them for their pelts and even for food. Yes, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> yep. They're also sometimes called Nutria rats. Right. Yet, um, they have also become such a familiar part of Louisiana landscape and lore that the that a New Orleans minor league baseball team once employed actors in a costume agile, as a larger than life um, <laughs> creature as their mascot. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. The Nola Nutrias just has yeah, a ring to the it. The Nola Nutrias. I'd go watch them. Me too. Let's go. So the owner- Tasha, will you take us to go see the Nola Nutrias? We mean the guys with the good buns, not the rodents with the the big teeth. (laughs) So the owner is Myra uh, Lacoste, and she was quoted saying, we're anxious to hold him and smooch on him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good for you, Myra. So there is some interesting information for you today. Oh, God. Thank you. I appreciate it. I dig the reboot also, by the way, ma'am. I hope that you guys enjoyed this, and uh, if you're, you know, Currently binging us and have not made it past episode 152. Welcome to uh, the next phase of Crime Curious. You're going to love it here. All right. And Megan, what do we say? Until next time, keep it curious. Keep listening. And and bye-bye.